There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. And Joe, the Flyers keep on going. Another win, this one in the shootout over the Capitals. They're winning in a variety of ways. That's the thing that's really stood out to me is that they're putting together comebacks. They're winning when they score early and build on leads. They're doing it in overtime. They're doing it in the shootout. Joe, what seems different maybe this year about this team compared to years past when they were really struggling? Well, there's a couple things about the comebacks and the overtimes and shootouts in particular, and that is that if just I'll bring up the other night, they're down three nothing, and the other it was just it would the past two years it would be just packing in, it's over, and it seems like once they get one you expect them to get two and expect them to get three. And then it becomes a matter of, can we prevent the opponent from scoring again? And if they do, then it seems inevitable that they come back. And I think that's all part of what we've talked about a lot with this team, learning how to win and learning how to, um, to, to be in games and to um, adjust their game based on how, that particular game is going rather than just playing the same way all the time. And, and, you know, what you see is um, when this game, when this team takes a game to overtime, now you're not constantly thinking about how the other team has more skill players. And, and um, um, I mean, I'm not going to use last night as a, a definite example of that because Washington is one of the older teams in the league and, I think we'd all agree that Alex Ovechkin doesn't look like himself. Um, it, it was kind of staggering to see, I thought, him last night. Um, but uh, you're not sitting there saying, okay, which player with a dynamic skill set on the other team is going to uh, you know, be the undoing of the Flyers. It's almost you expect them to score – and then when if the game goes to a shootout, you do, it's not you don't immediately write them off. I mean, last night going into that shootout, other than Oshi, who we all know from way back when he won, you know, the Olympics with a shootout goal. Uh, us outside of Oshi, I don't think anybody was particularly afraid of anything Washington was running out there. And then the Flyers seemed to be taking advantage, and of course Sam Harrison is just amazing in shootouts so far. So there's just a lot of things pointing and trending upwards for this team. And uh, 
you know, the comebacks and the overtimes and the shootouts are things that were uh, dead zone for the Flyers in the past two, three seasons. And it's just completely the opposite. So all of that is standing out to me. But the perseverance to get these games to overtime when you maybe don't start out well, you give up the first two goals, you give up the first goal, whatever the case may be. And even last night, you it kept Washington kept taking the lead and the Flyers would tie it and back and forth and back and forth. And then when you give up the goal later in the third to go down three, two, and you think maybe this is it, maybe it's not their night. And then they score again to tie. They just they don't take the foot off the pedal. And that's impressive. Twice in the third period against the Capitals, the Flyers tied the game. And, of course, that forced overtime. And then they went on to win in the shootout where they are 3-0 this season. Six of their last nine games have gone past regulation, and they've fared pretty well in those. Uh, they are 6-1-2 and two, um, overall in their last nine games. Joe, there's times in years past where they, I thought, would play really well. And, like, I would almost be like – wow, like that was one of the better games they played and they would still lose. Right now they're finding ways to win when they're really not at their best. I think a lot of people thought last night wasn't the prettiest game, uh, not the best game from the Flyers. They've played better uh, in the even just recent past games. But again, finding a way, it's cliche, but good teams do it. Good teams are able to win games when they're not playing their best. And that last night was another case uh, for the Flyers doing that, just winning in different ways. And I, I really think the, the contending teams win in different ways. It's not just the same same style, same uh, dominant way every single night. And the Flyers are definitely doing that. Joe, well, I thought, too, the first period last night, and everybody said it after the game, that they came out flat. The first period last night in general from both sides was probably the wor- one of the worst periods of hockey you'll ever see. Mm-hmm. But – Previous seasons, they would come out flat, and flat would then become the identity for the whole game. And that's not what happens now. If they don't start well, they generally come out in the second period with a completely different look to them. Um, And you have the guys afterwards acknowledging that they came out flat. And John Tortorella even said it last night. You come out flat, and you just find a way to change change up the game. And I don't think that's something this team had an ability to do prior to this season. Um, and I don't know if that's about the mix of guys that are on this team. Um, the youth of the team being healthy, I think, is a a, a, a pretty and, – and, of course, we're not – we're understating, and I feel like we've been doing it all year, the goaltending the team's getting. Now, last night – Sam Harrison gave up three goals, but look at where he made big saves. He makes big saves in the shootout. He makes big saves in the overtime. He makes big saves uh, in the, I mean, early in the second period to keep it a one-goal game. There's spots where he, the team needs big saves, and whether it be Carter Hart or Sam Harrison, they're getting them from both of these goaltenders at this point. And I, I think that's another a factor here that can't be ignored. Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. 
Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on Open Table. And one thing that's really stood out to me, Joe, is confidence. Confidence is a crazy thing in this game. Years past, I think the Flyers maybe would fall down or they would continue to fall down. And they just didn't have the confidence, really, of like, hey, we've been there, done that. There's going to be a comeback. This team, I think, is is confident. And that, that just comes from results. They're getting results and they're winning. So they have confidence and they believe in one another to, to come back. Again, these, I think, are sort of cliches, but I do believe they're important things for a team success. And uh, that's what I think the Flyers have right now. They are as confident as ever. Probably one of the more confident teams I've seen really since 2019-20. There definitely seems to be a little bit of a mojo building, a little bit of a swagger. Um, and they are 16-10-3 overall. And Joe, since that Sharks loss, they are 11-3-2. That's They have the most points in that span from November 10th to now in the NHL. So they responded well to that. One thing we've noticed, Joe, is Cam Atkinson, who we were expecting to be one of their best goal scorers, and I think we all can agree that he is one of their better goal scorers on this team, has gone 14 games without scoring a goal, but that hasn't really hampered them. Is that, Joe, a sign that this is a balanced team and a team that's, you know, can win when some of their best players don't play their best? Yeah, it's interesting when you come out of these games and – there's questions about Cam, but there's not questions about Cam like, hey, we only scored one goal or we only scored three goals in the last three games. And and then then that leads to the question about Cam. It's like almost like, a, oh, yeah, and Cam Atkinson hasn't scored in a month. You almost forget it because of the way that the other guys are picking up for him. And that's another thing where, I mean, the Flyers had enough trouble scoring – anybody scoring the past few years, let alone being able to absorb one of the projected top goal scorers not scoring for over a month. And um, you hear John Tortorella, he's complimentary of Cam's other things. You hold, heard Joel Faraby last night talking about how much he loves playing with Cam and how he uses his legs to cause havoc, I believe was what Joel said about Cam. And, um, you know, it, it's – it's not all about scoring, but John Tortorella did point out that he's a goal scorer. They 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 need him to score. And imagine what this team would be would be. Maybe they wouldn't have to be coming back, or they wouldn't have to go to overtime, or you know, they wouldn't have to work so hard to win some of these games if Cam was scoring. And I think it's probably just a matter of time before that comes around. Um, because the guy, I mean, he's a former 40-goal scorer. He, he knows how to score goals. And he's probably, I'm sure he's probably, you know, pressing a little bit now. I mean, you hear him talk, and I, I think he's pressing now, and it's kind of on his mind. So I think one goal will kind of maybe open the floodgates a little bit and get get him to stop thinking about it, get people to stop asking about it, and then he'll just move on. And one thing I've liked about Atkinson is he – I think he impacts the game in different ways. Of course, he kills penalties. Uh, he he plays the right way. He's noticeable out there, and I think he's picked up some assists recently. So I've really seen him impact the game without scoring, and I think some of the better players do that. They know when they go into funks, they need to do other things to to help the team, and I think he has done that. So I don't think it's just everyone filling in for him. 
and uh, carrying the load. I think it's also Cam Atkinson doing some other things other than scoring. And and he and you know he goes to the net. He does the right things. That yeah, Joe. I think a goal is going to come here soon, and I think he'll he'll open things up a little bit for himself. Yeah, and you take the Joel Farabee goal last night. I mean, Atkinson doesn't get an assist on that, but he creates the goal by being behind the net and winning a puck battle. He wins the puck battle and comes over to Paling, who you know gets it to Farabee, who then makes a quite frankly an Eric Lindros type move to muscle his way in front of the net and put it by the goalie. That was uh, an impressive goal. But Atkinson starts that by his pressure down below the goal line that ends up with the puck, you know, coming out in front of the net. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing that you're not going to, you can't look at a game summary and see that that happened. But when you watch the game, you see that it happened. And that goal doesn't happen if not for, you know, Atkinson being behind the net and uh, like Joel said, causing havoc. When he said that last night, I was thinking he had to be referring to what happened leading up to that goal that he's that Joel scored. Um, the just Atkinson relentlessness behind the net, yeah. who then, you know, the puck comes over to Paling and he sets up Farabee in front. And, you know, that's that is the stuff that John Tortorella is referring to um, in helping the team any way he uh, – he can. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how they're winning. But um, you do expect somewhere along the line here, the the goal floodgates to open up a little bit. They've gotten really good goaltending, too, from two guys, Samuel Erickson and Carter Hart. Hart missed last night's game because he was sick. Erickson steps in and does really well. And Erickson was the one that started – uh, the re- this recent sh- stretch of uh, good games when he beat the Penguins. Uh, and I believe that was also in a shootout. It was, Joe. Uh, so yep. the first win of this real positive stretch for the Flyers uh, was started by Erickson. And, of course, just recently, just last night, he picks up another shootout win. Joe, how impressive has the young goaltenders been for them? I think that's really what has been one of the biggest and most important things is that they're getting quality goaltending almost every night. I can't think of too many clunkers from their goalies. Yeah. And and the thing is too, Sam Harrison late noticed that he's going to play last night. Um, and I think we, we all say, you know, Alex Ovechkin's not what he used to be, but I don't think a goalie finding out last minute that they're playing and it's like, okay, all you have to do is stop Alex Ovechkin. I don't think that person's going, well, you know, he's older and it's not, you know, he only has five goals. No, but they're not thinking that. So it's not exactly the easiest task in the world. And this is also not the first time this has happened for Erickson this year, where he gets called into this kind of last minute start where we find out breaking news closer to the game about Carter Hart. And then Erickson's forced into action and, you know, he just goes out there and he plays. And I feel like that... (laughs) As, as much as uh, cliche as it sounds, and John Tortorella keeps saying this, and he said it last night, is we just keep playing. And I feel like that is – that that's from – that can be the first-line center to the fourth-line winger or the goaltender. They just keep playing. And um, this team is getting results by doing that. And I feel like last year and the year before with the Mike Yo, Elaine Vigneault – combo you had teams that didn't keep playing that if they got down early they kind of shut it down 
And um, that's a big thing because, you know, take like a 3-0 lead. If you have a 3-0 deficit and then all of a sudden you get a goal, then it's a two-goal lead. And then teams get a little nervous. And you always hear the cliche about two-goal leads, the most dangerous lead and all of that kind of that kind of stuff. So it's those swing moments where it goes, where it's three nothing to three one or three nothing to four nothing, where this team is now excelling, where it used to be the snowball factor against them, and they would just get run off, you know, just get skated off their own ice, or you know, um, they just didn't have enough in the tank to stay in those games, and that is what's changing. That is what has changed, and. It's to a man, you can tell this team all believes in one another. Joe, there's definitely something to be said about winning close games, but I'll ask you this. Are they are they playing with fire? Are they living on the edge a little too much? Uh, do you feel like maybe the averages are going to balance out in these close games? Or do you think they can kind of keep this going where they, where they look like they're cool and comfortable and look like they belong in close games? I do feel like they're playing on the edge a little too much, but here's the, the, the goaltending to me is the equalizer. Yeah. Because right now that is what is allowing them to hang in these games and to come back in these games. It's as I mentioned earlier, the key saves and key moments. Now, will that keep up? Who knows? But um, they, they probably want a little more of a complete game, but it's not as if none of them are acknowledging that. None of them are coming. It's not all happy, happy, joy, joy. We got the game to overtime. We won in a shootout. Whatever the case may be, we came back. They're all pointing out what's going on in the games. They referenced last night the intermission between the first and second period. A, a number of the guys talked about that last night and the adjustments they made. And I don't think that that is just not stuff that was going on with this team, or at least that we heard about the last two years. And I think that – Playing more of a complete game will take them out of these situations where it's kind of a scramble at the end to get the goal to tie it, to get into overtime, to play the three-on-three, and to either win or get it to a shootout or, in the other night's case, lose very quickly. But, you know, and and just being motivated by the – this is not – like, this is not our team. We're not playing our best. I feel like that is not something that we've heard so much of the last two seasons. Absolutely. And I really feel like I've said it before on this podcast that this season reminds me a little bit of 2019-20 where the Flyers were coming off a really disappointing season the year prior. They went through drastic changes in their front office. They they had kind of a mellow offseason, an offseason that didn't really elicit a lot of buzz. So there was very little expectations going into that 2019-20 season, and they surprised people. And I, I really wonder if the Flyers are playing well because there's just not a lot of pressure as, w- as well. I, I just don't think there was any expectations for this team, and they definitely have a little bit of uh, us-against-the-world mentality, which is never a bad thing in sports. If they, if, yeah. if, they, if, they, if everyone's against them, that's, that's probably a good thing uh, for the Flyers. And we know that this city thrives on that kind of stuff. Yeah. This city, thri- the the soundbite that Carter Hart had, I believe it was uh, last Saturday's game, about nobody wants us to win. We all love each other. We all support each other. That that might as well be the 
playing on loop in their locker room. That yeah. seemed like it was a sort of like a manifesto for the season um, from Carter Hart. And I feel like the fans pick up on it. I mean, look around the building last night. You couldn't find an empty seat. And it's not like they're, it that group of fans, it's not like it's the Rangers last night. It's not, I mean, there were a few Capitol fans, but it's not like the Rangers or the Penguins where you see a good amount. That was a fan base that looks like they have bought in and the atmosphere was, was pretty raucous and one of the better ones this season. And it wasn't because the black Friday atmosphere was great, but there was a lot of Ranger fans. So you had a lot of back and forth between the fans. There were a good amount of devil fans. The last time the devils were in town, but last night I felt like it was, it was 19,000 of the flyers faithful and we walked out there for the third period hit and i was looking around and i was like wow this is uh jam-packed in here tonight and you had the traffic issues that started and so it was a late arriving crowd um so i wasn't that was impressive and i feel like the the fans have have are starting to get behind this say the you know to use the jason kelsey words and nobody likes us we don't care i feel like the Fans and the, this team have kind of bought into that. And that's kind of a identity for this city. Kudos to Keith Jones, Danny Breer, and Dan Helferty, the folks that decided they wanted to publicly embrace the rebuild. I think there's some underlying strategy to it, in my opinion. The fact is that it serves a little bit as motivation for the players, and it kind of relieves some pressure, pressure from the players and pressure probably from the front office and the coaching staff. It buys you a little more time. If you're just transparent with the fans that, hey, this could be a rebuild. We're going to take, uh, we're going to think about the future. This could take a little bit of time, but hang in there with us. Uh, the fans will appreciate that and understand that. And then suddenly when you surprise, it looks even better. It's like, hey, they're yeah. exceeding expectations. Yeah, I think that, I think the difference is this was the, the, the Chuck Fletcher, it was aggressive retool, right? That was the term that he used. Yeah. And that just sounds like something that's kind of made up and then nobody really believes. But when you say it's a rebuild and it goes better than planned, I feel like you've won yourself a lot of, um, you've really got, you've, you've been honest to the core with what this is. And when that goes better than planned, that's when you have the underdog mentality and you, you have a group, you a fan base that wants to get behind that. Mm-hmm. A fan base doesn't want to be behind something that's kind of in limbo and sort of they can see, and it seems like they see more than the front office sees in terms of what is going on. And, you know, we have, these big contracts and these guys aren't going to be here by the time this team's good. And there's not a direction and a plan. And that is completely opposite of what's going on this year. And you have guys that know this city, they know this organization and they've been part of teams that were good. Jonesy was part of the nineties teams, uh, albeit for a little bit of time, but he was part of the Lindros era. And when this, when these games were can't miss, when Flyers games and 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 tickets to Flyers games were hard to come by, Jonesy was part of that. 
Danny Briere was on the last team that made the Stanley Cup final. He knows what the playoffs are like. He was a playoff performer. And they look like they're on their way back to that. And um, you've heard Jonesy say it a bunch of times, and Danny. They want to get it back to where it's supposed to be. And it looks like they, they've they taken more than one or two steps so far. I agree. It's early, but they've definitely taken steps. And I think one of the biggest promises they've fulfilled so far is that they will put a team on the ice that would try. Try and kind of make fans proud of it. Want to come back and watch. Like I mean, this team, the team's been fun. It's been entertaining. And I think that's what's getting Flyers the Flyers fans to buy in. I don't think fans are thinking, oh, wow, this team's going to win the Stanley Cup. But they can at least leave the game or leave their television saying, hey, that was actually pretty entertaining. They competed from start to finish. And I think that's a big thing the Flyers are doing. Uh, something that Keith Jones, Danny Brer, Dan Hilferty, they all promised when they had that preference conference in May and since then. And the messaging remains consistent. Yeah. You hear Jonesy when she, when he talked to Ashland a couple weeks ago. You heard John Tortorella, I think last night, but several times he's, we're sticking with the plan, but we're trying to win games too. And nobody's deviating from the message. This is still building. They still want to build. It's not like, okay, we've conquered it. Let's just see where this team goes. Yeah, They continue to tell you they're sticking with the plan. And that type of honesty, I think, wins a you know, wins a lot of people back. And judging by the way the building looked last night, people are buying in. Joe, you mentioned the crowd. I think there's going to be a pretty good one on Saturday when the Flyers host the Red Wings. Saturday games always do well. And I do think, you know, as you mentioned, Joe, fans are starting to buy in a little bit here. Uh, If fans are not going to the game, you can watch pregame live and postgame live produced by our very own Joe Fordyce. Definitely check that out. Joe, thank you so much, as always. Great to see you. Great to chat with you. A big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. 